0: Ruth chapter 2 and we're going to continue our look at uh, what I think has been very accurately called one of the most beautiful short stories ever written and certainly it is a beautiful story here in God's word for us to look at and before we get into this let's go to God in prayer. Lord our God as we open up your word tonight we ask that you help us to be humble We need you every hour of every day. We are thankful that we have your word to guide us and to lead us onward. We pray that what we say tonight will be only your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, so far as we've worked through uh, the book of Ruth, and particularly the first chapter and the first couple of verses, uh, what we have noticed is that God has been working in the lives of these two main women here in the book of Ruth, Ruth and Naomi. Now, the casual reader might look at the book of Ruth and go, well, hold on, Uh, this doesn't seem like a story that God's doing a whole lot in, at least not in the first chapter, because look at what's happened to these two women. Naomi has lost her husband. She's lost uh, her children. Uh, She can't live in the land of Israel that she's from. And uh, Ruth has lost her husband. So this doesn't look like a story where God's doing a whole lot. But I hope as we've worked through this, we've seen God is really working quite a bit behind the scenes on behalf of these two women. I think it comes to a head when in chapter 1 it says that God visited his people with food. That, that kind of sets off a chain reaction that shows us just what God is doing for Uh, Ruth and Naomi. God visits his people with food. Now Naomi can go back home. Not only can Naomi go back home, but it sets off an event that now Ruth, because of her loyalty and her love for Naomi, she decides she's going to leave her her people, and she's going to leave her family and her country, and she's going to go and be with Naomi to help Naomi and be with Naomi. And so certainly, I think we can see that God is working in the lives of these two women. Certainly, I think we would have to say that he has not forgotten them, even though maybe Naomi feels like he's forgotten them. He has not forgotten them, and certainly he hasn't abandoned them. That's what we've talked about in the first uh, few lessons. I thought this would maybe be a really short work through this book, and now we're four lessons in, and it's we're not even halfway through. So, um, But in the first couple of lessons, I, I think that's what we have seen. What I want to notice with you tonight, though, is that while God absolutely does work on the behalf of people, I want you to notice with me that there is a certain kind of character, a certain kind of character that God is looking for and that will find favor in the eyes of God. And I think as we work through chapter 2, we're going to see that that character is displayed in the life of Ruth. So let's begin here in verse 4 of Ruth chapter 2. Verse 4 says, Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, May the Lord be with you. And they said to him, May the Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servants, who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? The servant in charge of the reapers replied, she is the young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the land of Moab. She said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves." Thus she came and has remained from the morning until now. She has been sitting in the house for a little while. And Boaz said to Ruth, listen carefully, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field. Furthermore, do not go on from this one, but stay here with my maids. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Indeed, I have commanded the servants not to touch you. When you are thirsty, go to the water jars and drink from what the servants draw. And she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? Boaz replied to her, all that you have done for your mother-in-law after the death of your husband has been fully reported to me, and how you left your father and your mother in the land of your birth and came to a people that you did not previously know. May the Lord reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and indeed have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Verse 4 uh, reintroduces us to Boaz, who we were told about in verse 1, that he was a relative of Elimelech, therefore he is a relative of Naomi, and he is a worthy man. What I want you to notice with me in verse 4, I think, is that root that Boaz is the right kind of man. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Here in verse 4, when Boaz comes from Bethlehem, he comes to his field uh, where his workers are gathering. Uh, he, he comes up to his young man and he says, may God be with you. I think that is an incredibly Uh, important and wonderful thing that Boaz says there. Now, it it might not seem that important on the surface because that kind of phrase is littered all over the Bible, God be with you. But remember the time period that we said these individuals are living in? They're living in the time of the judges. And we keep going back to that very last verse of judges that says, in that day there was no king in the land and everyone did what was right. In their own eyes. They didn't have a king. They didn't view God as their king. Really, they thought of themselves as the kings. What they wanted to do, they did because what they saw, they did. It was right in their eyes. That's what impresses me about what Boaz says here. Because I think this indicates to us in the middle of all of this uh, cultural just awfulness. Boaz is still a godly man. He comes to his workers and he says, God be with you. God's still a focus for Boaz. I think Boaz has rubbed off on his workers as well. You see the response that he gets? God bless you. Boaz is the type of person people can see what he's like and I think he's rubbed off on those who work for him. And so God be with you. God bless you. I think what this tells us about Boaz is that he is not a man who has compartmentalized his spirituality. He's not the kind of man who on the Sabbath day, he's all religious and spiritual uh, because that's what's commanded. And then the rest of the week, you know, he does what everybody else does, what, what's right in his own eyes. I don't think that's the picture we get of Boaz at all. I think he's a man who is not only spiritual on the Sabbath day, but when he goes out to work and he goes and he's surveying his fields, God is still at the forefront of his mind because he's a godly man. This is why I say that he is the right kind of man. And I believe that he's the right kind of man to help pull Ruth and Naomi out of the destitution that they are facing. I think he's the right kind of man, one, because he is a man of means. He has the means to help them. Uh, that, that word up in verse one, that he was a worthy man, other translations describe him as a man of great wealth. He has the means to help somebody who is destitute. But I think he's also the right kind of man, because not only does he have the means to help them, he has the motivation to help them. He's a godly man. He has the motivation to help somebody who is in desperate need of help. Now we have talked a lot about Boaz. And we've talked a lot about Naomi and we've watched Naomi's character as she's kind of descended into uh, this kind of bitterness that blames God for everything that's happened to her. And we've talked a lot about Boaz, tonight I really want to focus on the character of Ruth, because I think if it can be said that Boaz was a man, was the right kind of man, I think it can also be said that Ruth was the right kind of woman. What I mean by that is that Ruth was the kind of woman that someone like Boaz would want to help. She's the kind of person that would find favor in the eyes of a godly man like Boaz. And you think about it, she is a young woman. I think uh, we probably get an indication that she's a fairly attractive young woman. She has made the decision she's going to go out into the field where there are a lot of men, and she's going to go out there alone and try and scrape together a living for her and her mother-in-law. I think Ruth is a vulnerable woman. She's going out into a vulnerable And yet what we find through this chapter is that because of her character, and I think there's one overarching description, one or two overarching descriptions of her character that are really important for us to notice that makes her someone who would find favor in the eyes of someone like Boaz who can and would protect her in her vulnerability. And so in verse 5, Boaz looks out among his people, and I think this indicates he knows who his employees are. He knows who his slaves or his servants are. And he looks out and he sees Ruth, and he doesn't recognize her. I've never seen this woman out here before. And he goes to the young man in charge of his reapers, and he says, who is this young woman? I've never seen her before. Who, do you know who this woman is? And the young man describes Ruth in three ways. I think this is important for us to notice because he's telling Boaz what he's heard about her and what he's seen about her. The first way he describes her is in verse 6 when he says she is the young Moabite woman. So Boaz, this woman that you see, she is a Moabite woman. She is a foreigner. Uh, She's a stranger here. Uh, She's not from around here. But the second description that uh, this young man gives to Boaz is not only is she a foreigner from Moab, but she's the woman that came from Moab with Naomi. I think the indication is later in the text that he gives a little bit more of a detailed uh, description of what all that entailed to Boaz because Boaz says, I've heard about what you've done. It's been reported to me. So she's a foreigner. She's a stranger, but she is the stranger and the foreigner that came back from her homeland with Naomi. And the third way he describes her has to do with the diligence of her work. Notice what he says about her. In verse 7, she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. Thus she came and has remained from morning until now. She has been working All day, from the morning up until now, this has been an all-day thing going on. And he says she has been sitting in the house for a little while. Uh, Other translations, I think particularly the ESV, say that she's only taken one small break all day. This is a woman who is noticed by this young man. He's heard about her. He's heard that she's a stranger, but he's heard that she's come with her mother-in-law, and what he has seen of her is that she is diligently going about her work because she needs to. because her and Naomi, they are in a vulnerable situation. They are destitute, and she is determined to work as hard as it takes to take care of them. She's only taken one short break. I think what we have to describe Ruth as here, her character, is that she has a humility and a goodness of character that is noticeable by people who talk to her and people who view what she's doing. And the way she's described, the, the, the description of her work is just so impressive to me. And, and I think it's impressive because I, I don't think we live in a time where that kind of diligence and work is valued as, as it should be. I remember back when I worked at McDonald's, it, it just it floored me to watch uh, some of my coworkers just have an absolute meltdown when they were told, you can't go on your break right now, you're going to have to wait a little while longer because we're, we're really busy right now. It wasn't that they weren't going to get their break, but it was just going to come a little bit later. But it was like watching the floodgates open, like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. That's that's what we see all over the place, but Ruth isn't like that. We don't see any of that in Ruth. She has a diligence and a humility and a goodness of character that is noticeable to everyone who sees her and talks to her. And Ruth finds favor. And if you remember back in verse 2, that's exactly what she's looking for. Back in verse 2 of chapter 2, when she's telling Naomi, I want to go... And, and try to gather in the fields. Remember what she says to Naomi? She says, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after one in whose sight I may find favor. She's searching for favor, and because of her character, she finds favor. She finds favor in the eyes of this man, Boaz. He's the type of person who would show favor to somebody who has a character like Ruth. I think what we have to understand about all of this is that had Ruth gone to any other field in that dark time period where people were doing what was right in their own eyes and somebody had found out this is a stranger, not just that, she's a Moabite, I think she probably would have been met with some harassment, probably asked to leave or told to leave or chased off the property. But she's in the field of the right kind of man who would notice the right kind of woman with the right kind of character. So the humility and the goodness of Ruth's character leaves an impression on Boaz, and even, I think, on this young man who has watched her working all day. And this is the way it goes, I think. True goodness, like Boaz has, always looks with favor on true humility and true goodness of character, like Ruth has. People notice. People notice when we display the kind of character that we should. People notice when we display the kind of goodness like Boaz does. I think his workers saw what he was like. So Boaz shows favor to Ruth. As the text goes on here, Boaz goes and begins a conversation with Ruth. And what he tells her is, you know what, you don't need to go to any other field. You don't need to go anywhere else. You just stay right here. This is where... You should come every day and pick up what falls from what's being gathered. Not only that, you should work among my women. You think about how nice that would be for Ruth, because she's a vulnerable woman, and now she gets to work in a pack of people. She's being protected by this. And and Boaz takes it a step further, and he says, I've told my young men, they aren't to touch you. If they see you, they're not to rebuke you for being out there in the field. They aren't to touch you. You are protected if you just come back to my field and don't go anywhere else. And the further you go in the story, we find out that he's done even more for her. He's actually told his his reapers, you know, don't pick up everything that falls and even let some fall on purpose as well for her. Again... That is goodness on his part. In fact, I think we would have to say that he has gone way above and beyond what was required of him by the law. You remember we talked about uh, several weeks ago under the law of Moses, God cared for those who were helpless, who were needy, the poor, the, the orphan, the stranger like Ruth is, and part of that law was that someone like Ruth could go into a field and what was left on the ground, they could pick up and take for themselves. The, the workers in the field weren't supposed to, to pick that up. Ruth or Boaz does that for Ruth here. But it doesn't say anything about telling the stranger, you know what, you just come back to my field, and I'm going to drop some on purpose, and you can work among my workers even though you're not one of them. That's impressive to me. He goes way above and beyond what would have been required of him. And this is what can happen when we live these kind of humble and good, quiet lives, like Ruth is leading. In fact, I would say that that's the kind of life we're actually called to live, kind of like Ruth. Notice with me a passage over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I think Paul tells the Thessalonians there exactly how he expects them and wants them to live. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, in verse 11, well, backing up to verse 10, Paul says there, but we urge you, brethren, to excel still more, and then verse 11, and to make it your ambition. This should be your goal. To lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your hands as we just as we commanded you. That's the life that Paul says, I want you to live. That's the life that we're supposed to live. And I would imagine that if we were to ask Paul, well, tell us somebody in the Old Testament who characterizes what you're talking about here. I wonder if he would have said, well, I've got just a person. Go look at the story of Ruth. Because there is somebody who is humble and who quietly went about her work and she was diligent in her work. That's the kind of life that we are called to live. That describes Ruth. And she does this in front of other people. It's not that she's going out there trying to be humble and all of that so that uh, people can praise her. She's just doing it. That's her character. That's who she is. Now, I want you to notice with me over there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, in verse 12, what Paul goes on to say is that so that you will behave properly, what? Towards outsiders. People need to see that kind of life because, we've seen it in the story of Ruth, it makes an impact on people. It makes an impact on Boaz. It touches Boaz and now he wants to help her because she has found favor in his eyes because she has the kind of character that would find favor in the eyes of someone who has the kind of goodness that Boaz has. I think humility and goodness is kind of like a stone that you throw out into a lake. If we were to go out to a lake and throw a stone out into the water, what's going to happen? You're going to start seeing ripples. form. That's exactly what humility and goodness do when people see it. It starts rippling out and it has an impact on people. Sometimes it, it causes people to change their lives. Sometimes it causes things to happen for us, whether we intend it to or not. And certainly... The humility and goodness of character that Ruth has, like a stone, touches Boaz. And now he displays goodness in response to her. And I think Ruth's humility goes on full display here in Ruth chapter 2. Notice what she does and says in verse 10. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground. There's an act of humility. I don't know that I've ever gotten down on the ground and bowed before somebody. That's an act of humility. She bows on the ground before Boaz. She says, why? Why have I found favor in your eyes or in your sight that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? She knows exactly who she is. She knows she's a foreigner. She knows she's a stranger. She knows she doesn't deserve what's coming, at least in her eyes, she doesn't feel like she deserves what Boaz is doing for her. That is humility on display in her life. And she says, I'm not one of your servants. I could see why you would do this for somebody who works for you, but I don't work for you. I'm just out here trying to scrape a living together for myself and for my mother-in-law. Why are you doing this? And Boaz tells her why. He tells her, I've heard about you. I've heard what you've done. I've heard how you left your parents. I've heard how you left your country, and you came some, to some land that you didn't belong to, all so that you could take care of your mother-in-law. I've heard about what you have done. Again, we started the lesson by saying what we've tried to see through this book so far is that God is working. God's working through Boaz here for Ruth. God is actively a part of this story. Boaz goes even further. Boaz invites her to eat with him. Beginning down in verse 14, it says, At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here that you may eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers and he served her roasted grain and she ate and was satisfied and had some left. When she rose to glean, Boaz commanded his servant saying, let her glean even among the sheaves and do not insult her. Also you shall purposely pull out for her some grain from the bundles and leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. Boaz invites her to actually come eat with him like she is one of his employees, like she is somebody in his family. I, I think it kind of looks like he treats his workers like they're his family. And he invites her to come eat with him. And notice the description of what this is like for her. It says she eats and she is satisfied. She even has some food left over. You imagine how... Touching this would be for somebody who's been pretty much destitute. I can't imagine it because like I said this morning, I don't know that I've ever been in that kind of need. But I imagine that this touched her. It's Ruth's humble uh, sacrifice in giving up her own desires to take care of Naomi that touches Ruth and spurs on Boaz's favor for her. And, And that's exactly what we need to see. Humility leads to favor. I think in particular, humility leads to the favor of God. That's exactly what the Proverbs writer says over in Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 in verse 34 I'm using the New American Standard Bible. This one doesn't uh, convey quite, quite what I had in mind, but the ESV uh, does. In verse 34, it says, though he scoffs at the scoffers, yet he gives grace to the afflicted. In the ESV, it says that he gives grace to the humble. God, Or he gives favor to the humble. God's favor comes to people like Ruth to people who have a goodness and humility of character like Ruth does. Ruth is a foreigner. She admits as much to Boaz. She says, I'm a foreigner, I'm a stranger. I'm not one of your servants. you think of anyone else that might describe? I think that describes us before we found Jesus. We were foreigners from him. We had separated ourselves from him. Not only that, we weren't his servants. And just as Boaz goes above and beyond to take care of Ruth here, God goes above and beyond for us we can be described as foreigners to God. Our sin made us foreigners to Him. Romans chapter 5 and verse 10 says, in fact, it says that we were enemies of God. We weren't His servants. We were actively working against Him. And just as Boaz goes above and beyond, God goes above and beyond for us. And just like Boaz, God has both the means, he has power, and he has the motivation to help someone as destitute and broken as me, because he has love. God is the right kind of God to help the right kind of person with the right kind of character. You remember Ruth ate and was filled and had left over? I think that phrase is interesting because there's something very similar said in the New Testament. You remember the story of Jesus feeding the 4,000 over in Mark chapter 8? Notice with me what's said there in that story. I believe this is also said in the the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. In Mark chapter 8, in verse 8, notice what's said at the conclusion of this story. And they ate and were satisfied, and they picked up seven large baskets full of what was left over of the broken pieces. Boaz, I think, is a shadow of the one who is to come who does this for all those who have the kind of character that Ruth has. A humble and good character. Jesus goes above and beyond what these 4,000 people need or even deserve. Jesus saw us as strangers. He knew we were foreigners. He knew we weren't his servants. And yet he died in order to give us a place at his table like Boaz, gives Ruth a place at his table. And when we sit at the king's table, not only do we eat, we are filled, and we have left over. The character of Ruth is the character that we need to have. Like I said at the beginning, I think the character of Ruth shows us the kind of character that God is looking for from those that he's going to show his favor to. So the question is, do I have the humility of Ruth? I think I'd have to say, as I look at my life, I haven't displayed that kind of humility. That is a depth of character that I hope to attain to someday. And that I think we all need to be working to. She has a goodness of character. She is so self-sacrificing for Naomi. I don't know that I can say that I've always been that self-sacrificing for people in my life. But that's what we need to attain to because it's that kind of character that's going to find favor in the eyes of God. This is what God's looking for, someone like Ruth. Certainly she found favor in the eyes of Boaz. And if we follow her example here, surely we will find favor in the eyes of God. And I want you to notice with me as we close out this evening that what comes from all of this is hope. As chapter 2 closes, Ruth finishes gleaning in the fields and she goes home to her mother-in-law. And in verse 19, her mother-in-law then said to her, Where did you glean today and where did you work? May he who took notice of you be blessed. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The name of the man with whom I work today is Boaz. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed of the Lord, who has not withdrawn his kindness to the living and to the dead. Again, Naomi said to her, The man is our relative. He is one of, your closest, one of our closest relatives. Then Ruth the Moabitess said, Furthermore, he said to me, You should stay close to my servants until they have finished all my harvest. Naomi said, Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his maids so that others do not fall upon you in in another field. So she stayed close by the maids of Boaz in order to glean until the end of the barley harvest and the wheat harvest, and she lived with her mother-in-law. Did you see what just happened there? Ruth has displayed a goodness and humility of character that has made an impression on Boaz. Boaz now showers her with favor, exactly what she was looking for in the very beginning, favor. He showers her with favor, and when she goes home and she's got these leftovers, and Naomi sees it, she says, where were you today? That doesn't sound like anywhere that that I would have thought you would go. She says, well, I found my way into the field of a man named Boaz, and this is what he did for me. And this bitter woman from a chapter earlier, says, may he be blessed of the Lord who has not withdrawn his kindness to the living and to the dead. Suddenly, Naomi, I'll get it, Naomi is beginning to see God really has been working all along. And hope springs up because she says, he's one of our relatives talked about last time, that means he's a redeemer. He's someone who can help them in their destitution. I'll tell you, this is what can happen if we'll just leave, lead lives like Ruth leads. A recognition that we were foreigners. We were, we were enemies of God. And God sent his son and he died. He went above and beyond what we deserve. And he did that so that we could have a place to sit at his table. And if we will respond to him with the kind of humility that Boat, or that Ruth chose throughout her story, we will find the favor of God, and there is nothing that comes from the favor of God but hope. Hope comes from the favor of God. Because it gives us hope about what He's promised to us. Naomi, a bitter woman, finds hope. She's going to instill that hope in Ruth, and we'll notice that in the coming chapters. Thank you for your attention tonight. I hope what we've talked about tonight, if you're not a Christian, has has touched you and made you realize just how much God has done for you. Even while you were enemies, even while you were a stranger and a foreigner from him, he sent his son to die for you. Won't you make the decision to follow him tonight? We want to we urge you to do that. If you are a child of God, and you haven't displayed the kind of character that Ruth has, and I think all of us have been in that situation, we want to help you however we can. Uh, studying or praying with you, whatever we can do, we want to help you to, to begin to live that kind of life so that you can find favor continually in the eyes of the one who died to save us. If you have any need this evening, please come forward as we stand and as we sing together.